In the face of rapid social change, indeed moral change, what are Christian organizations doing with their foundational documents, and how can they maintain their fidelity to the faith? Hi, I'm Rex Rogers, and this is episode number 102 of Discerning What is Best, a podcast applying unchanging biblical principles in a rapidly changing world and a Christian worldview to current issues and everyday life. In my other earlier life as a Christian educator, I remember Christian organizations or ministries, including churches, colleges, camps, missions, parachurch organizations, and others nearly always possessing and periodically citing key foundational statements. These foundational statements were and are carefully written expressions of one, theological understanding, that is doctrinal or faith statements, two, employee behavioral conduct, like lifestyle statements, and three, ethical perspectives on contemporary issues, maybe position statements. Christian organizations, especially denominations, sometimes also issued declarations for statements about current issues, policy or social statements regarding broad issues, resolutions or social messages addressing specific things, or proclamations for significant announcements. These statements helped individuals understand what the people in the organization affirmed. In other words, where they niched along a spectrum of Christian belief and practice. Today, the content and use of Christian organizational statements is changing rapidly. Doctrinal statements have certainly changed over time, which may or may not be good in terms of biblical fidelity. For example, most Christian doctrinal statements used to reject all forms of divorce, but these stipulations have mostly been modified or removed. Some doctrinal statements prohibited use of alcoholic beverages, dancing, and smoking, but many of these injunctions have been removed as well. Premarital and extramarital sexual engagement were often referenced in older doctrinal statements, and in many statements still are, but there is considerable pressure to remove these sexual prohibitions, or at least to ignore them. But lifestyle statements are changing too. Or more often, I think, the statements in part or even entirety have joined a growing list of behavioral concerns that have been tossed overboard. For example, gambling was once a strong moral no-no. Now gambling has gone mainstream and Christians post on Facebook about their trips to Las Vegas. Christian organization policy statements have become commonplace, particularly those related to the safety of children placed in the care of church workers during church activities. Some policy, rooted in custody issues, pertain to how parents are identified and who is permitted to retrieve the child from church facilities. In addition, churches and other Christian organizations are now typically conducting background checks on child care volunteers and requiring they participate in training. Churches maintain two-person rules, meaning an adult should never be alone with children, no photography stipulations, and much more. Ministries have also adopted policies regarding abuse, harassment, security, and more. Now there's even more extensive change in the wind. A growing number of quote-unquote new moral and social issues, which in the past didn't create problems for Christian organizations, are now front and center. An illustrative list includes abortion, bullying, domestic abuse or sexual violence, climate change, medical ethics, and health care the rights of women and children, the disabled, human trafficking, immigration and refugees, pornography, racism, religious freedom, and the vaguely defined social justice. 
Same-sex marriage is a consideration for theologically conservative Christian organizations. But in June 2015, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in Obergefell v. Hodges that same-sex couples possess the same fundamental right as opposite-sex couples to marry. In other words, same-sex marriage is now legal. So churches and Christian organizations wishing to position against it must approach the matter carefully. In June 2020, Bostock v. Clayton County, the Supreme Court of the United States held that Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 protects employees against discrimination because of their sexual orientation or gender identity, S-O-G-I, SOGI. In other words, the court read SOGI back into the meaning of sex as written in the 1964 laws. And with that move, not only undermined the rule of law, put religious liberty on a legal collision course with SOGI. This ruling is a landmark of the wrong kind, making SOGI, subjective and unverifiable socially constructed identities, not objective biological traits, what the law calls a protected category. This ruling will have seismic impact upon American culture, including, but far beyond, discussions about who uses women's bathrooms, who participates in women's sports, and what pronouns corporations are forced to use or force their employees to use, and more. While this ruling will affect schools and universities, businesses, camps, youth organizations, daycare, and other workplace conditions, or sex-specific facilities, it will also affect churches and Christian nonprofit organizations. The Heritage Foundation commented, quote, SOGI laws threaten the freedom of citizens, individually and in associations, to affirm their religious or moral convictions, convictions such as that marriage is the union of one man and one woman, or that maleness or femaleness are objective biological realities to be valued and affirmed, not rejected or altered. Now, Christian organizations are, for the most part, not ready. What's missing in nearly all church or Christian organizational foundational statements is any reference to sexual orientation or gender identity, LGBTQ+. This is because these issues have literally exploded in our culture in just the last 20 years. SOGI involves not just personal moral conscience, but HR, or human resources, hiring practices. And if the U.S. Congress passes the Equality Act, these identifications will be brought under the legal protection of federal civil rights laws. If Christian organizations add paragraphs in their doctrinal or lifestyle statements, referencing SOGI identification matters, these Christian organizations will potentially be subject to legal challenge. Or if not this, the organizations may be subject to the new online bullying tactic that declares something ipso facto non-inclusive, discriminatory, or racist, and then attacks the organization for so-called Christian supremacy. Another hugely influential and divisive issue is critical race theory, CRT, an empowerment philosophy based upon oppressor and victimhood that argues that racism is the defining explanation for all of America's social problems. It takes identity politics to a whole new level of discord and intolerance. Now, yet Christian organizations are being seduced by CRT. To what extent CRT is acknowledged or embraced or promoted 
is already contributing to division in Christian organizations. CRT is all but a new religion. It has long since become deeply entrenched in American higher education and is now making significant inroads into the church. But it is incompatible with Christianity, and churches are going to be forced to respond, to declare themselves in one of the forms of statements mentioned in this piece. So churches and Christian organizations are now editing doctrinal statements, revising lifestyle statements, and developing position statements on a wide range of social or moral issues. Now, whether these efforts will protect Christian organization remains to be seen in how future politics develops vis-a-vis the First Amendment and religious freedom. Certainly, putting well-reasoned, biblically-grounded statements into print before legal challenges occur is better than an approach that is a day late and a dollar short. Christian organizations need to think carefully, perhaps seek legal guidance, and assure that they have in print what they consider essential, foundational statements regarding the moral and social issues of the day. Procrastinating on this task will not make the challenges go away because they are being used by Satan, who masquerades as an angel of light, but is the master of deception, deceit, division, and darkness. Well, we'll see you again soon. This podcast is about discerning what is best. If you find this thought-provoking and helpful, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Download an episode for your friends. And for more Christian commentary, check my website, R-E-X-M as in Martin, that's rexmrogers.com. And remember, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Thank you.